Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I'm on my own today because I went and saw the national tour of Anastasia at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts last night here in Orlando. It was my first time seeing it before, actually, either on stage or screen. I'd never seen the original animated film, although obviously I had heard all of the big songs over the past two decades, and especially the past two years since the stage show debuted on Broadway. Uh, The show itself was a little slow for me. It was fine, Um, and despite the manufactured drama felt pretty stakesless uh, throughout, but the one playing Anya, Lila Coogan, was phenomenal. She was great, uh, as were Tari Kelly and Edward Stoudenmayer as Lily and Vlad, respectively. Uh, overall, it was an enjoyable enough evening with a handful of incredible songs and a leading performance of somebody that I think has all the talent in the world to be a star, so, so watch out for Lila Coogan. The tour is here in Orlando through Sunday and then heads to Fort Worth, Texas after a week and a half off. If you're here in Central Florida, come on over to uh, Dr. Phillips Center and see it. If not, you can catch it in the DFW area, then Memphis, Tennessee, a couple places in Michigan and Wisconsin before the show heads west for the latter part of the summer and into the fall. Okay, on to the news. It's that time of year again for Jesse Green and Ben Brantley to go on the record for what they think will win and should win at the Tony Awards, and then also what other performances they would have liked to have seen recognized, whether or not they're actually even eligible for Tony Awards or not. As always, take this with a grain. No, take it with an entire truckload of salt, because neither Green nor Brantley are exactly Jimmy the Greek when it comes to picking winners. If you look back at 2018 and take out last year's no-brainers, Cursed Child, The Bands of Visit, Glenda Jackson, Andrew Garfield, Katrina Link, David Yazbek, neither Brantley nor Green did so hot, though the latter was slightly better. Um, Ben was 4 for 10 in the non-gimme categories, and actually, I could have taken a couple gimmies out of there. I didn't count Angels in America's Best Revival of a Play as a gimme, nor did I count John Tiffany or David Cromer in the directing categories as gimmies, although I think they probably were. Jesse was 6 for 10, so slightly better. Um, but neither exactly are what I would consider bastions of Tony Award prognostications, especially because this year I think is so much more wide open than last year. So if they were still getting failing grades in a percentage scale... Last year, I I don't know that I would trust them for this year. So, after all of that, you might be saying, Matt, if they're so bad at picking Tony winners, why are you telling us their picks for Tony winners? Well, in response, I would first say, it was a slow news day yesterday. But, more importantly, there is always a lot of discussion on social media about this article, and there was a ton of people pretty angry about the critics' picks yesterday. A lot of people were using this as a way to kind of bemoan the state of theatrical criticism yesterday by what was included and what wasn't. A lot of people were using this as another example as to why we needed more diverse theater critics, uh, and maybe especially at the paper of record, Um, and I do not disagree with either of those things. Anyway, with that preamble out of the way, I will say that I am very glad that Ben Brantley did not review Hadestown, because apparently he didn't like it very much, and if he would have written a negative review for that, I might have had to have stormed that big class castle in Midtown. Ben does think that Tootsie will win Best Musical, but that The Prom should win. While Green agrees that The Prom should be the one taking home the trophy, he does believe that Town will actually win. They both agreed that The Ferryman is likely to be the winner for Best Play, and that The Waverly Gallery in Oklahoma were the picks in the Revival categories. In performance categories, Brantley has Jeff Daniels, Elaine May, Santino Fontana, Stephanie J. Block, 
Bertie Carville, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Andre DeShields, and Ali Stroker. Green has those exact same picks, except that he has Brian Cranston instead of Jeff Daniels. If you want to see Brantley and Green's complete picks, there's a few more categories in there. We will have a link in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com as we approach Tony season and Tony day. Uh, we will have a lot more coverage and a lot more predictions about the Tony awards. I'm already currently working on our annual Tony omnibus episode. Going to have some great interviews in there and I'll probably throw down my official Tony picks too. Okay. Moving on to the news. Yesterday we learned that Olivia Valley, the granddaughter of the legendary Frankie Valley would be joining the off Broadway production of that's right. Jersey boys. And while this could be considered a cute, feel-good family story, uh, it gets a little weird for me when you realize that she will actually be playing her grandmother, Mary Delgado, and therefore also her grandfather's wife. A little weird. While I am obviously not one to judge what somebody does in their professional life, and their personal life for that matter either, um, especially when that professional professional life uh, is in the theater, when opportunities are so tough to come by, uh, but for me, this might have been an audition, or even if it was just an offer, if they gave her an offer, um, it might have been one that I said thanks but no thanks to just on face value alone. It seems a little weird. Am I wrong? Am I reading too much into this? Could be. Let me know on Twitter. Uh, anyway, Olivia Valley begins her run in the show at New World Stages on May 20th. Next up, Second Stage announced yesterday the cast for the upcoming New York premiere of Bess Wall's new play, Make Believe. The show will begin performances on July 30th and is the final production of the company's 40th anniversary season. Directed by Michael Greif, Make Believe will star Kim Fisher, Susanna Flood, Ryan Faust, Harrison Fox, Marin Heary, Brett Heberly, and Samantha Mathis. Additional casting will be announced at a later date. The plot is described thusly, quote, When does real life collide with Make Believe? For the four Conley kids ages 5 to 10, playing house is no longer a game when their parents inexplicably disappear. 32 years later, their search for answers continues. Sticking off Broadway, yesterday it was announced that the Wheelhouse Theatre Company's recent New York premiere of Life Sucks, Aaron Posner's contemporary take on Anton Chekhov's Uncle Vanya, will move to the Acorn Theatre for an off-Broadway run beginning on June 4th for 14 weeks through September 1st. Okay, we're going to get a little bit meta with some other news here as we pat one of our own on his back. Peter Felicia's play God Shows Up officially opened off-Broadway on Monday night. We have photos of the cast, crew, and Peter from the ceremony in the show notes. The play is running at the Actors Temple Theater in Midtown, and tickets are on sale through June 3rd. Next, as we've talked about before, comedian and storyteller Hannah Gadsby will be bringing her latest stand-up slash one-woman show, Douglas, named after her beloved dog, to the Daryl Roth Theater from July 23rd through August 24th of this year. Well, yesterday we learned that, following the success of Gadsby's last special, Nanette, this one will also be coming to Netflix in 2020. So while I don't believe that they're actually going to be filming this at the pretty intimate Daryl Roth Theater, if you get a chance to see this one live before the world gets to see it on Netflix, that'll probably be a really, really cool experience. And finally, writer Adam Green put together an incredible piece for Vogue, talking to and about the playwrights and works that are changing the landscape of what popular theater looks like. He spoke to Jackie Sibliss-Drury, Alicia Harris, Jeremy O'Harris, 
Lucas Hanath, Matthew Lopez, Taylor Mack, Martina Mayuk, Ming Pfeiffer, and Liam Robinson. It's a really fantastic read. And you'll remember a similar multi-piece section in the New York Times recently about black and African-American playwrights, which was phenomenal. I recommended that one as well. But there is something so cool about this story about the not big name Broadway people appearing in a publication that doesn't normally cover theater. Um, you should definitely give it a read. I, I, I hope that while these people are not necessarily the bold type names dominating theatrical culture today, I hope that for many of them in the years and decades to come, they eventually will be. Okay, that's all I've got. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. James and I will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Have a great hump day, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>